Hello, fellow Gritizens. Do you believe in your ability to navigate life's obstacles, but you're not always sure where to start? Well, lend us your ear, because here on our Grow My Grit podcast, we gather strength and inspiration from real people navigating real obstacles in real time with grit. My name is Peter Willis, coming in from Calgary, Alberta, together with our gritty guru, Hayes Shetmeyer, who is beaming in from Mississauga, Ontario. Here on the Grow My Grit podcast, our intention is to engage with guests and listeners who are ready to know, grow, and show their grit, perhaps best described as one's default settings in the face of obstacles, and what obstacles we've faced since the beginning of 2020. However, one of the biggest opportunities available to us all is the possibility of recreating our identities and re-engaging our relationship to both ourselves and to one another using the unique strengths we already possess and reliably bring to challenging situations. With our individual grit compass as our guide, let's explore what's available on the other side of obstacles. Are you ready? Hello, Hayes. How are you doing today? I'm so extraordinarily happy. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, we'll have to uh, we'll have to crack into that shortly. <laughs> that sounds great. Mm-hmm. I am very excited today. We have a guest with us, and this is a guest that I have known since maybe 1980, maybe. So going back a few years, haven't seen each other in quite a while, but we are going to be speaking with Lindsay Lentine today. And that is going to be very exciting. And I think we're going to be talking about a, an aspect of grit called So My Grit. And Hayes, if I throw it to you, are you able to give us a bit of, a, of an intro about what we might be talking about today? I certainly can. So just for some context for listeners who are new to the podcast, I have a book called Know, Grow and Show Your Grit, Self-Discovery Made Simple. And the idea behind that and our podcast is really digging into the ways that people use their skills and reliably bring their strengths to difficult situations. And in particular, having the no grow and show element, I thought it would be fun to have a sew your grit piece with the S-O-W being the sew. Lindsay's one of the gritizens featured in the book. And when I pulled out some quotes from the book from my website to give people a sense of what gritizens were saying, one of the questions was, what made you want to know, grow, and or show your grit? And Lindsay's answer was unique in that she explicitly referenced her children and said, I want to know, grow, and show my grit so I can model it to my kids. And I thought, that is an amazing conversation that we haven't had yet on the podcast, but it's clearly a topic that would be relevant to family members, whether it's parents or grandparents or aunts, uncles, just anybody with kids in that intention award posterity or you know, the next generation really focusing on what it is that my grit, so what it is that I do when things are hard, how that modeling opportunity can be of service to the young people in our lives. And it may be 10 years younger, it may be 20 years younger, but really sowing your grit as though your grit is a seed. How do you plant that concept, whether it's the same G-R-I-T words or not, just how does your ability to do hard things inspire, encourage, model for others who may in fact benefit from your experience. So that was the idea behind the sow migrant. That sounds awesome. Awesome. And we have, uh, so Linz, are you able to, uh, uh, to say hello and, uh, and, and, and yeah. And, and let us know kind of, uh, yeah, what the inspiration was there. Obviously there's a, a story there that, uh, that maybe you can uh, tell us about kind of, uh, how that inspiration came to be and what your thought process was in trying to, mm-hmm. you know, model for your kids and things like that. Sure. 
Well, first of all, thank you guys. It's very nice to see you after a long time. Um, I'm happy to be talking about grit because I truly believe in it as a tool or as tools to help us get through life because constantly life is throwing things, new things our way and usually has challenges. Um, so I truly believe that having this knowledge and insight in anyone's life is just going to make life easier or it's going to help you navigate um, to get the results that you want instead of just letting life happen to you. So I have recently in the last few years learned a lot more about this concept of um, using your own toolbox to navigate through life. And the more I learn about it, the more I want my kids to know about it, because honestly, I, I think this is something that people should be learning in school. Kids should learn this stuff. I mean, I think this is far more important than learning math and square roots and calculus tables or whatever. I want my kids to understand that um, they have control over how they think and how they can uh, get through hard times through life. I see Peter taking notes, so yeah. I'm going to jump in and say one thing that I love your reference to the content of education, because it really is that piece where some of this content may not necessarily be as relevant in in the universal sense, whereas that opportunity to really navigate obstacles because school is full of obstacles, whether it's academic or whether it's social. It's this great opportunity to even have a subject matter. We typically save that till high school. We have the guidance opportunities and those, and I haven't been in school for a long time, so it may be a little different, but that that concept of as soon as kids are able to communicate and recognize that they have thoughts, how do we start the conversation about what it is that you do with those thoughts and how those thoughts are essentially a chance for you to really question them and decide if you can change them and see which ones make sense and share them with others. So I really appreciated that idea of grit as a concept or navigating obstacles as a, as a concept at school. Yeah. And it could be happening now. I don't know, but for sure there could be more of it if it is already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just going to mention um, one of the things that, um, uh, that I really liked. So uh, my daughter was involved with uh, some grit work at school Um before school ended last year, which was really exciting. And Hayes came in and spoke to the class, spoke to the teacher and, and, and uh, my daughter kind of helped get the, the, the class engaged for a day or two about grit, which I thought was really exciting. One of the things that uh, because of the grit program and, um, you know, uh, working with Hayes and maybe you have experience with this too, Lynn, so it'd be great to get your thoughts on it. But one of the things that I loved was, and maybe I'll get this wrong. Maybe it's, I can attribute it to Angela Duckworth, perhaps Hayes, yeah. but it was the, so obviously there's this growth mindset that we're all talking about, but one of these podcasts or one of these Ted talks that I listened to that I thought was just so inspiring, it had to do with the not, the grading system of not yet, um, for kids, right? So in terms of a growth mindset, instead of grading things as a pass or a fail or a, or a D or an E or something, the, the grading system was a not yet, right? So mm -hmm. And I thought that was so constructive because there, as a as a as a kid, there's you know for me anyway, there was it was so hard to get something back where I got a D or I or I even failed it, and there was tons of red marker all over the all over the page, right? And it was really um, it was really deflating. 
but if we if we change the narrative to a to a, a not yet, right? Then you've all of a sudden given the kids a pathway, right? You've there. It's not like an oh man, that's brutal, and I'm not going to do that again, and that was way too hard, and I'm not going to spend time doing it because obviously I'm not very good at it. All of a sudden, that messaging has gone away, right? And you're saying no, not yet, and that just means that it's there. You're you just have to work at it because this gives them that avenue to proceed, as opposed to mm-hmm. giving them a whole bunch of reasons to stop. And I just, yeah. I love that. I thought that was, I'd never heard of it before, um, but I just think that's such a, a a great way to be talking to kids, in growth mindsets and grit and things. And I, I just, I really like that. And I, I just wondered what your thoughts were kind of on, on that, or if you have any experience sure. with that with your own kids. Well, actually, um, I was very surprised that in my, uh, in my company, um, they started to implement that growth mindset as part of a performance review, instead of just having that, you know, corporate, once or twice a year performance review with your boss where you go through your objectives and whether you met them or not. But actually HR was rolling out this program of having like, I think they're called progress connect meetings. So every three or four months you meet with your boss and it's more of a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's not so formal. Um, and, and to your point, it's, it's more encouraging to employees because It's not like, did you pass or fail? Did you meet your objective or not? It's like, how can we get you further in your career? Mm -hmm. Or in, yeah. So I, it was interesting. I think that is something that's um, coming. It's more popular. It's, it's becoming more mainstream and I think it's great. And just for listeners, so that's Carol Dweck is the author. She's the psychologist behind all of that work. And it really just comes down to the growth mindset or a fixed mindset, which is how you approach obstacles in any situation. So somebody with a growth mindset, as Peter referenced, really feels like, okay, so I didn't get there this time, but it's just a matter of effort and learning. And there's something I didn't do that I actually can do once I get the information where the fixed mindset says, it's just about talent and it's just about if I didn't do it, I don't have the skill set. If I didn't get the grade, I can't get the grade. So yeah. just going back to that piece that it's Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K is the psychologist who originally proposed that. And it is, like you said, Lindsay, all over the place for kids and adults because we as human beings tend to sometimes resort to the no I can't it's fixed Mm -hmm. where the growth mindset really and again grit is an obvious place to start with that but the growth mindset suggests that I just need to try something else or try again or get a little more support and then it's going to be from not yet to got it right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's right Hayes thanks for the correction there that that rings a bell completely now yeah, I think as well, like when we when we talk about kind of instilling this or um, having our uh, having our kids being brought up with this, what I, I find it uh, challenging is maybe not the right word, but it's interesting because they're going through they're going through stuff that we that we haven't. So like that whole that not yet, for example, or that kind mm-hmm. of growth mindset. Yeah. Um, it was instilled in us in some teachers, perhaps, or we had some teachers that really connected with that. But it certainly wasn't part of a, a, a broader umbrella or a, 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 yeah. a, a school-wide curriculum or anything. Mm-hmm. And that's um, – uh, it's it's great to see. And it's also uh, – 
Uh, sometimes it takes a bit of reprogramming. Like for me, as a parent who never had that as a kid, that's just a, it, it's just a methodology that I'm not so familiar with. And I love it and support it. But sometimes I find that I fall back to like my old defaults and I'm a little more impatient, which is really strange because I, I really do agree with the way that it's going now or mm-hmm. that whole growth mindset. But it's interesting as a dad, sometimes I lose, <laughs> just lose sight of that and, uh, and, and, revert to the uh i don't know old old school programming right so for our i I just find for me i'm supportive but sometimes i have to catch myself and be like oh yeah there's a better way to do this and Mm -hmm. they know it i don't (laughs) actually um last year my son he was in grade seven last year he had a very hard year in school um he has adhd and he has some learning disabilities um which just kind of really came out strongly in grade six and seven um, and he was going through the first few months of school were, were horrible and his teacher was calling home and very concerned about his, I guess, mental health, uh, you could say. And she kept trying to reinforce how important the growth mindset is. I mean, that was her, I think she talked to him daily about that. And what I could see in my son was he would, he thought so lowly of himself or he would get so frustrated that he couldn't do something And the fact that he thought that he couldn't or never will be able to do it was more like distressing to him than actually like getting the question wrong. It was it was the idea that, oh, my God, I'm dumb. I'm never going to get this Um, instead of just the actual math question itself. And she just kept we were well, all of us were trying to instill in him that it doesn't mean you're dumb. Of course, it's about just progressing and you have to believe that you can progress and if you don't believe it it's going to be a lot harder to progress so that's powerful um it did like you said it is harder well it is a newer concept but i think it's more important than um anything else that my son needed and still needs i got to remind him all the time yeah yeah and i think just to add a, a non-parental kind of lens to all of this. What's neat is what I'm hearing you both say, going back to the idea of sowing your grit. For Peter, what you're providing for your daughter is the chance to see your effort to exhibit, to be in the parenting role and bring what she needs, but not always having what she needs and being able to say, you know, oh, I thought I should do it th- this way, but knowing that she sometimes has information about what would help her alone. So you're modeling the child, you're modeling your ability to navigate the obstacle of trying to support her, you're coming with what you know, but then also being responsive to her feedback, like, actually, this is kind of what would be helpful right now. So you're listening, which is hard because you want to provide support in the way that you know how to provide support. So whether that's actually spending time or just saying, do it this way. But what I'm seeing and hearing is from you is that one way you're sowing your grit is by not giving up and saying, I'm never going to, I'm just going to stop helping you. It's really that here's how I thought I could be of support, but oh wait, there's another way. So you're trying and trying again in that sense. And then with Lindsay, you're offering your son this constant reminder. So you're essentially on repeat. It's less about answering the question and continuing to give a message that it's going to be okay and that it's more than the concept that you are not the problem. There are things you need to learn. So just in terms of sowing your grit, putting that seed might be literally 
doing something hard in front of your child like Peter's doing. It might be sitting beside your child as they do something hard like Lindsay's doing and just being that whisper. So both are very concrete examples of sewing your own ability to do hard things and having your kids really see that, I would imagine, be inspired by your commitment to their learning and your love. Because really, that's that's usually the the most fundamental support when, when things are hard, whether it's self-love or love another, but really just you've got very lucky kids. <laughs> I, there's um, an, an example, I think, of, um, of, how, of how it works, like <laughs> tactical deployment of this whole thing. <laughs> um, a couple of, uh, well, a couple times this year, so it's happened a few times, and I find that sometimes, like in a, in a, as an example, when I play, I'll just call it the old-fashioned dad card, right? So we're getting mm-hmm. ready to go to school. It's like 8.15. We're going to be late, right? And all of a sudden, you can get into just like, we got to go. We got to go. We got to move. And, you know, uh, you know, it, it sounds similar in my house, uh, Linz, uh, to my family. We struggle with some of these things as well, whether it's uh, ADHD or anxiety and things. And it can really get to a fever pitch pretty quick, right? And that technique doesn't work, right? And I've, it's unfortunately, like, it's just, I've used it a few times this year and Mm -hmm. it just, it never works. Everything, uh, I I go to work upset. My daughter goes to school upset. My wife tries to navigate both of us. It's a disaster all around, right? But Mm -hmm. in when I actually hit the hard stop button and use the sewing your grit or grit Mm -hmm. or just hit a, pause and figure out kind of what's the best way to do it um when we just kind of hit the hard stop at the door and we're like you know what let's just let's close the door take the backpack off let's sit on the couch and just chill for half an hour right and that was something that we never did as kids like oh my gosh it was like militant right you got to school on time you did everything just so right but when we sit on the couch and we chill out it doesn't matter if we talk about barbie or wonder woman or something at school right but all of a sudden everything decompresses and then usually within a half an hour it's like hey do you feel like going to school now and she's like yeah okay i I think i'm ready to go or maybe she'll say i think i'm ready to go to school now dad and all of a sudden now you're you're getting out the door you know positively ready to go to school mm-hmm. and all you need to do is hit a stop button for half an hour or something right and mm-hmm. when that when those moments happen you're just like oh my gosh there's such a better way to be doing this right mm-hmm. the old way never works but it's the way i'm so familiar with it's ingrained in me from when i was yep. a kid right yeah but the this new way is just so much more effective and then mm-hmm. off they go to school i feel better my wife feels certainly feels better and my and most importantly my daughter feels better and she's chosen to go to school right and that's just it's so helpful to actually when you actually stop and activate all these kind of new way well for me new ways mm-hmm. of thinking it's so effective i find yeah for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. can i give you an example yes please yes. so this one doesn't pertain to my kids but um last night i had a like i had a hard time sleeping last night going through a hard thing at work this week and very stressed in the last couple of weeks. And I woke up this morning and I knew that I knew that it could be one of those panicky days, anxiety, because I have a big thing that I need to hand in on Friday. Um, so bef- normally I would jump up. Well, if I forget to hit the pause button, Peter, like you said, and like just sit down and, and think about it and relax for a few minutes, I would have just jumped up to my computer Um, and started working kind of frantically without a plan or just trying to do things as fast as I can, racing through things. 
But this morning I got up and literally like I, I opened my notepad and I, Hayes, you're going to be, you're going to love this. I wrote down my grit words. Um, I, so I literally started with G, which is gratitude. I wrote down my gratitude about my job and the fact that I like my boss and the fact that it pays my bills and I really do love my industry. Um, and then I went on to my R and I went through my words, responsibility and insight and thoughts. And after I did that, of just like really simple, no, like just whatever came into my mind, I kind of jotted it down. And when I got to my T, which is for, th which is thoughts, I actually sat there and I kind of journaled my thoughts and I journaled what I was immediately thinking, which was, oh my God, this is going to be a bad day. Oh my God. Like, uh, what if I get this wrong? It's a big, it's a big dollar value to the customer. And I had all those regular quick thoughts that came into my mind that, you know, why I couldn't sleep in, in the middle of the night and whatever. And then I changed my thoughts and I said, like, here's my grit. I know that if I think differently, my day will go very differently. Like I, it's, it's just, that's how it works. And so I sat there and I rewrote my thoughts. Um, and I was able to come up with this. I calmed down and I had this plan literally. And then that was it. I got to my computer at eight o'clock this morning. My day went really well. Like it just, because I had a plan and my mind was clear. I wasn't in panic mode. Yeah. It was so good. I was like, this is, this is it. This is it. This is so good. And like you've described, coming to your grit is so important because A, it's specific to you, which is what I love getting people to really understand that you have chosen your G words, you've chosen gratitude, responsibility, you've chosen insight and thoughts. Those are what matter to you. And when things feel like they're going in different directions, calling that is a way to check in with yourself. And it's something like self-soothing and something like self-awareness, but you're providing that anchor, which is what some people have said, but I feel like you described your grit as a roadmap. So I've heard it a kaleidoscope, it's been a backpack, it's a winter survival kit, it's a springboard, but you've almost described it as a roadmap to get to your desk. So it's kind of, here's where I am at the kitchen table, wherever it was, I need to get myself to this place, and my grit is going to get me through. So I love that example in that, A, it came to you so quickly, and it was a practical way to really reconnect with what you're already bringing to difficult situations. That's really my hope for people who take the work and become gritizens, that this just becomes part of your toolkit because this is who you are. This is what you do. It's just, what do I need? How does it look here? And how is it going to get me, maybe not through the obstacle, but a little bit around it so I can still get stuff done. So I appreciate that example. Yes. <laughs> I just like, so to me, what's what, what, I like lots about that. Uh, but interestingly enough, and I'm, I'm not very good at this, but I I can see the value when I do it. It's very, very helpful. And people who do this tend to have lots of great insights about it. And it has to do with this, uh, the act of essentially journaling, right? And so that's, to me, that's just like, I love what you just did. I am, again, this is an example of it, something I'm not very good at, but it works. And when people do it, mm -hmm. they seem to get great results. So when you're like, you know what, I'm hard stopping this one and you, you journal a bit, and then all of a sudden you reset, right? And uh, that's always, to me, I always like hearing that. Well, it's important for me personally to hear that because I'm so, I'm so bad at journaling. But the more I hear from people uh, that I trust that journaling works, it's, uh, 
uh, I don't know. I just, I like that. That's important for, for me to hear because I, most days I wake up, lens are exactly like that. I'm like, oh man, here we go. And it's like a, just an absolute mess in my head. And I, I don't really know where to start. And just to hear you say, no, I just kind of stopped and journaled and used grit to journal yeah. is awesome. I have not done that and sounds yeah. like it works. <laughs> well, I think, um, and the one thing I think people should realize is when when you journal, this is what I learned just a few years ago, is like, you don't, you're not trying to calculate what you're saying. It's not like you're writing mm-hmm. an article or it's right. like, it has to be well-written. It's just literally downloading your thoughts onto paper. And so it could be totally random. Like, I'll be like, ooh, this coffee is too hot or whatever. And then I'll be like, um, today, mm-hmm. oh, I got to make my kids lunch. And then I'll be like, oh no, what if I don't get this assignment handed in on time or whatever? So it's just, instead of like worrying about how you're writing, it's just literally writing. Mm-hmm. And then you can recognize your thoughts and you can see usually a theme. Once you read it back or you just realize, oh, I keep talking about this right now. And usually the thing that you're talking about is either the obstacle or like something that you're consumed with and probably needs your attention, something that you can... Um, that you can proactively work on. So yeah, I think it's great. Journaling, I think, is really good. It just sounds so, like when you put a label on it as journaling, it kind of sounds a little more, not intimidating, but like it's like, it's something that you need to know how to do and really don't. Yeah. Just a brain dump. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so two things I want to jump in quickly. So I this reminds me of our conversation, Peter, around good enough can be great because I can imagine you saying, well, if I don't know how to journal properly, I'm not doing it at all. Like I have to have the skill set to be a perfect journaler before I even started. And since I'm not there, because you've said you're bad at it, you've, you've spoken ill of your journaling skills, but it might be that writing may not be the way it could be talking into your phone, like a voice memo. Like I'm going to tell myself seven things about what I'm feeling right now that I'm going to listen to it. Maybe it's typing or texting, or maybe it's talking to your wife saying, ask me these three questions every morning. But I feel like there's a neat opportunity here where journaling, as Lindsay said, sounds formal, but it's really releasing thoughts. And whether it be pen and paper, if that's your thing, or whether it be singing to yourself, whether it be talking to yourself. So I want to challenge the you're bad at journaling concept and just say you haven't found the outlet or haven't had enough practice with the outlet that works for you. So... That's awesome. That's I'd jam, spend like yeah. 20 minutes making an excuse that I don't have the right pencil in my hand, right? You sure <laughs> like, would. This is the That's exactly pencil. what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is that's the right awesome. pencil. I don't have the rights. Nope, it's not happening. Whereas you could have, yeah. So yeah, I feel like that would be a good, just a public service announcement to your insides that you're definitely capable. It's just a matter of finding the outlet. It's Yeah, the, the format, like don't let the format block you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good other, one. That's like a fixed, because that's a fixed mindset, right? Like there's only one way to journal and yeah. I don't know how to do it. I don't like how to do it. It's too unnatural. So growth mindset says, wait a minute, I just haven't found the right way yet. Yeah. Oh, just uh, an aside to that is I love whiteboards. And so I have these big, like, big poster size whiteboards um and I have a few of them around the house so my kids they kind of roll their eyes every time I get the whiteboard out but it's so good so I even have like I have like thoughts and stuff so if they're going through something I'll be like (laughs) such a geek I'll be like writing down like tell me what you're thinking and then I like jot down their thoughts and then I try and show them that that's only going to lead to them feeling a certain way it's like emojis are involved and I'm like, see, when you think like this, this is 
what you get. And then I have another whiteboard and then we're like, okay, if you think like this, what is going to come out of it? Um, so I'm all about whiteboards. Yes, but that's your modeling, essentially. So your tea and grit is thoughts, and thoughts are a universal experience for people. You are modeling, you are sewing your grit. You are literally showing your kids, hey, what are you thinking about? Let's document it, because this is how I navigate obstacles. This is what I would do. And if I were to take my lens, this is my question to you. Where does this thought lead? Where does that thought lead? So you are, that is a perfect example, whether it be whiteboards or whether it be, again, an iPad, there are like right. game boards all over the house. You're, you are sewing your grit left, right, center, up, down, <laughs> all good. It's over my the mission. Place. Definitely yeah. it's my mission. So good. And I know you made notes. Are there any pressing themes that you feel like we haven't kind of hit in terms of sewing because you've given great examples of modeling so as peter we've talked about kind of the approach we've talked about examples from our own lives are there any other things um, you want listeners to know about sewing grit yeah so my r is responsibility and mm -hmm. i think this is major um i the way i'm thinking of responsibility in terms of grit it's like it's telling myself that i can take actions to determine the outcome of a situation. So if you play the victim role, if something bad happens, you could be yeah. like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened to me and this isn't fair, why, why me, blah, blah, blah. But essentially, you're just kind of putting the blame on something else and you're, you're not empowering yourself. But if you take responsibility and like, okay, this really sucks that this happened and oh my God, what am I gonna do? But then if you actually say, well, what can I do? Let me take some responsibility. What can I control and what actions can I take to change the outcome? Mm -hmm. And once you do that and you take responsibility, you actually are empowering yourself to determine the outcome. Mm -hmm. You can't always fix everything or get through it exactly the way you want to, but at least you're empowering yourself to make decisions that yeah. you're proactively choosing things in life to get you through instead of just reacting to life, what is thrown yeah. at you. So yeah. I think the big thing for me in grit is actually that you're, you are proactively co-designing your future. That sounds so strong, but you're proactively yeah. uh, dealing with what life has to offer. Yeah. And I think the way my ears take that in is you're essentially saying that in the face of obstacles, you can either stay there and label it and expect someone else's actions to make something change. If I blame you, nothing can change till you take action. If I blame this, nothing can change. So you're suggesting, and with lots of experience, that the idea of your grit is that in the face of this obstacle, I can do something, whether it's exactly. be still, whether it's make a choice, and looking at whether it's losing a job, divorce, getting married, getting a promotion. There are so many instances where this experience of, oh, Yes. Whoa, there's a lot of opportunity for blame, but that just leaves you in the face of the obstacle. Whereas you're proposing that really getting into your grit and looking at the obstacle as something that you can act toward is a more useful is a strong word, but there's there's something proactive yeah. in that and something proposing, something progress oriented. Yes. Which which is empowering. Yeah, because if you if you don't um if you do play the victim role, you're essentially feeling very helpless mm -hmm. because it's like everything's happening to me. And when you feel helpless, 
it's it's a horrible place to be and your like your chance of making good decisions and climbing out of the situation is a lot harder mm. when you feel helpless so yeah exactly. so know your grit grow your grit and show your grit yes. because that's your default setting when things get tough and it's always with you so for me listening to exactly what you guys were just talking about um I distill it down for me at the moment mm-hmm. to, and for a bunch of other things that are going on, but you can eat like there's, again, it's sports analogy, not mm-hmm. maybe not a good one, mm-hmm. but like you, you can be a spectator or you can ask for the ball. Right. And yeah. when you're into these problems, if you can teach your kids to ask for the ball, mm-hmm. right. They're at least in the game. Right. And you don't have to just mm-hmm. watch. You don't have to ruminate you can actually get involved, right? And there's mm-hmm. such a difference when you're watching something happen and then you're maybe taking it on board or you're ruminating, you're taking blame for it, or you can get on the field, right? And whatever it is that we're talking about and actually be uh, proactive, right? And I just, uh, I think that's great. I didn't think about that until you were just speaking there, Linz. But that was, that's my my sports take on it is to yeah. grab the ball and get on the field and get in the yeah. game as opposed to stepping on the sidelines the whole time and letting it just happen in front of you. Yeah, uh, you can take control. It's really good. It. I'm going to use that with my kids because they're very sporty, and that's that's an <laughs> awesome analogy. It's really yep, really good. Yep, yep. And I'm going to close us out by building on that piece because the other element is that yes, you can ask for the ball, but you don't have to hold it for the rest of the game. You can take the ball, have a bit of control, pass the ball. You have a support system. You have your parents. You have friends. You have teammates, and that's the idea that your grit is yours. But there are people who are part of your support system so as much as you feel like i'm going to take the ball to have a bit of control it's not the weight of the world there are people around you to support it so take the ball and if you need to pass it pass it and then when you're ready to have it back have it back so definitely this i feel like we just created a whole paradigm (laughs) sowing the grit so peter when you open the calgary edition of grow my grit there'll be a sow my grit office coming soon to calgary thank you so much Lindsay, for joining us and enlightening us and inspiring us where each peter and i are wiggling a little more than we usually wiggle oh my (laughs) goodness so good you're so welcome thank you peter for always bringing us together and keeping us in line and closing us out (laughs) that was awesome it was great to see you and great to talk to you Linz. that was really really fun thanks a lot (laughs) thanks everyone and thanks to all of our listeners we'll talk to you again soon Grow My Grit with your hosts Hayes Shetmeyer and Peter Willis is a production of Gritty Guru Company. Technical production by Niall Fines. Music by Peter Willis. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Google, and Spotify. For more information about Hayes' book, Know, Grow, and Show Your Grit, Self-Discovery Made Simple, please visit growmygrit.com. 